I find it interesting that humanity has grown into a global community that is so interdependent that if one country suffers an environmental disaster, a financial collapse, massive crop failure, a water crisis, or even foreign invasion, that it has a dramatic effect on the global economy. Does no one but me see that as a bad thing? While globalization provides many obvious benefits, it actually creates a lot of insecurity. And my answer to all of this is that it is time to commit yourself to a lifestyle of your own making. And one of the best ways to do this is to start a homestead. And that is the focus of the next few episodes, is to give you some practical tips on how to become even more independent from the massive infrastructure that we call a global economy. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy, he has an earth shelter greenhouse, and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and this is episode 95, which is called How to Start a Homestead, Part 1. And once again, before we get started, I want to remind everyone that if you want to contact me with questions, comments, or even suggestions on specific topics, please feel free to send me an email at adventuresinsustainableliving at gmail.com. But before we get started, I just want to say that this is a, there's a tremendous amount of material to cover here, and that's why I decided to produce a series of episodes on this topic instead of trying to cram it all into one. And what I truly want to do is to give you some actionable tips on how you can take control of many of your own resources and produce a definable amount of personal security. So in this first episode, I want to cover some basic things to more or less lay the foundation of what you need to do if you are interested in this lifestyle. So the topics I want to cover uh, in this episode is talk a little bit about the fact that this is a lifestyle choice and give you my opinion on our society and culture and the fact that I feel we're headed in the wrong direction talk a little bit about a global versus a local economy and why you should consider homesteading and then kind of talk about what a modern homestead really is and then in the end give you some practical tips on how you can actually get started and some important things to work on in order to lay the right foundation for success. So what I have found is that when it comes to living off the grid as I do, or having a sustainable lifestyle, or in this case, starting a homestead, most people really do not know where to begin, and it can really be completely overwhelming. And I totally get this, and I completely understand because I know from personal experience. 
because I've been living off the grid for 26 years and I am still making improvements. I'm still learning new things and my lifestyle is not perfect. But the one key thing to remember is that this is a lifestyle choice. Just like anything else, it has advantages and disadvantages. And if you have listened to some of my podcast episodes, then you have no doubt heard me talk about the value of simplicity and how a sustainable lifestyle actually provides you with more security. And our little homestead in the middle of the forest is a big part of that. Because presently at the cabin, we are 100% independent for electricity, water, and sewer, and about 50% independent for our food supply. But that is not something that happened overnight. It took some time, some commitment, and a lot of hard work. But in the end, if I really had the need to do so, I could go to the cabin and not leave for at least a year And in my opinion, that's what I call personal security. But when I was growing up in Tennessee and northern Georgia, there were two working farms in my family. And we had cattle, pigs, chickens, rabbits, fruit trees, nut trees, a large garden. We went fishing regularly and even foraged for wild berries. We rarely ate restaurant food because meals were made fresh at home. We canned the excess produce from the garden, filled the freezer with fresh meat, and there was a large walk-in closet full of a wide variety of home canned foods. And we never really talked about being self-sufficient because it was just the way we lived. And presently, I keenly observe various trends in our modern society and question if no one but me realizes that we are headed in the wrong direction. It is estimated that 83% of people in the United States live in urban areas, while on a global basis it is more around 56%, and by 2050 those numbers are expected to be 90% and 68% respectively. So what this means is that in the unlikely event that something really goes wrong, there would be total chaos. With the largest percentage of the population crowded into a smaller area, there would be fierce competition for essential supplies, and it wouldn't be a pretty sight. And a perfect low-key example of this was during the onset of the pandemic when people were ordered to stay at home. People started panic buying food and other essential supplies and there were several times that I walked into the supermarket just to buy something simple and ended up walking out because I didn't want to deal with the chaos and what I wanted was just not that important anyway. And as I stated above, we now live in a global economy which of course has many advantages but it also comes at a cost. Our countries are obviously so interdependent that if one country suffers some sort of disaster, whether that's environmental, financial, crop failure, water crisis, and most recently a foreign invasion, 
then it has a dramatic effect on the entire global economy. But what goes on in one small country on the other side of the world actually has a direct impact on every single one of us. And this makes me want to stand up and shout, where is the security in that? Literally, something happens in another country has such far-reaching effects that it has a direct impact on my daily life. And that being the case, how can any of us ever have any sort of personal security? And I truly start to wonder, is there anyone on the planet other than me that sees that as a problem? Because it shouldn't be a problem. Yet most people sit back and allow someone else to be in control of their essential resources and we sacrifice a great deal of our personal security simply because we are addicted to convenience. But what most people really truly don't realize is that this global economy has been creeping up on us for hundreds of years actually and most people tend to think that that it kind of started when Columbus made it to the New World, but in reality, globalization started with the Silk Road way before the days of Columbus. And in our modern society, it is nearly impossible to completely avoid any sort of impact that the global economy has on our personal lives. And a perfect example is the price of gasoline. But it is possible to limit that impact. And the best way to do that is to step up and take more responsibility in managing your own resources. For example, there is nothing more local than your own backyard. It is quite possible to take control of and successfully manage a great deal of your personal resources. So instead of being completely dependent on someone else to provide you with all of your needs, just simply do it yourself. So obviously, I'm not a big fan of globalization because I think it robs us of our personal security. And that being said, let's take a look at things on a national level as a really good example. If you are at least in your 30s or 40s at this point in your life, then you'll have an appreciation for what I'm about to say. In the United States, during the late 1900s and early 2000s, there was a period of rapid economic growth as well as continued growth of consumerism. In the 2000s, the early 2000s, there were seemed to be a lot of fears about food safety and, of course, increasing concern about climate change. Around 2007, the bottom fell out of the housing market there was an economic recession and millions of people lost their investments, their life savings, retirement funds, etc. And people really started to reevaluate this whole thing called the American Dream. And consequently, the back to the land movement in the 60s and 70s seemed like a laughable relic from an era of foolish, naive, mostly white middle-class, well-educated young people. Now, here we are, circling the airport again, and we are back to an increased interest in sustainability, renewable energy, and buying local. 
You know, and I point this out only as a perfect example of how the pendulum of popular culture swings back and forth. And this is why I place so little value in the public opinion. But I hope by now you are starting to realize that there are both national and international influences on what happens in your daily life. And consequently, in my opinion, the only way you will end up with a tremendous amount of control over your life and produce a considerable amount of personal security is to create your own economy of sorts and take control of many of your own resources. And in my opinion, the best way to do just that is to slowly build and manage a small homestead. So right about now you're thinking, this is completely ridiculous. But just consider this for a moment. Because I'm not talking about emulating the pioneers. I'm not talking about living a subsistence lifestyle. And yes, having a working homestead can be a lot of work at times. But it truly gets you face to face with the fact that we are all responsible for everything that we choose to do and everything that we choose not to do. But modern homesteading is really truly just a marriage of old country skills and modern technology. So for example, thanks to modern technology, it is possible for me to live in the middle of the forest, have full electricity and modern conveniences, be completely off grid, and successfully run a blog and a podcast. And thanks to modern technology, it is possible to earn an income from anywhere in the world. So all that being said, what exactly is a homestead? Well, from a historical perspective, at least in the United States, a homestead was defined as a parcel of land, typically 160 acres, that was granted to any U.S. citizen that was willing to settle out west, live on the land, and farm for at least five years. However, homesteading in the United States came to an end in 1976 with the passage of the Federal Land Policy and Management Act. However, there are actually still ways to get free land, if that is something you are interested in doing, but I will cover that in the next episode. So in modern times, homesteading is really just a reference to leading a self-sufficient lifestyle. You don't have to actually move to a farm to do that. Anything, actually anything you can do to develop a more sufficient lifestyle, reduce your cost of living, increase your personal freedom, produce some financial independence, and live a little bit close to nature is a move in the right direction. Because in our modern culture, you can have a functional homestead and live right in the middle of an urban area or, like us, you can live in the middle of the forest where you see a lot more wildlife than people. So what you choose to do and how you choose to live is really truly a matter of personal choice. And people, of course, often ask me about my lifestyle and when I try to explain, I often get some confused looks and I think this is because most people think I live on the fringe of society and don't even have modern conveniences. 
And what most people do not realize is that modern homestead, modern homesteading is in fact very possible. As with most things, it's a matter of perspective. So if this is something you may be interested in, then I want to give you some practical steps to lay the right foundation to make sure that you actually succeed. By far, the biggest thing you can do that will crush your dreams of being more independent and having more personal freedom is carrying a crushing load of debt. At the time of this production, the average American debt load is about $90,000 and approximately 77% of households in the U.S. are carrying some type of debt. And the average amount of money that Americans have in savings is about $4,500. So one of the best things you can do for yourself is to simply stop accruing more debt, stop accumulating more debt. Stop living off credit cards. Stop purchasing things you don't need. Stop spending money that you don't have. This is a cycle that is strongly prevalent in our consumer culture and nothing will crush your dreams more than having to consistently and constantly live paycheck to paycheck. So just simply learn to live within your means be creative and cut back on all the extra stuff that you really don't need. And this is one of the best things you can do for yourself and your peace of mind. But if you presently have a lot of debt, then develop a plan to pay it off. And if this means getting some debt counseling, then just take the time and effort to do it. There was a time in my life when I had two mortgages, student loans, automobile loans and credit card debt. I was literally living only to work. All the while thinking this was the best way for me to get ahead, but thankfully I woke up one day and realized I completely needed to change my focus and I had far too much debt and zero personal freedom. And it actually took me about five years of careful planning and having to make some really difficult choices. I worked some pretty long hours so I could pay off my debt at an accelerated rate. I sold my second home and moved back to the homestead full time. And I immediately started on some much needed improvements to make it easier to live there. And I now pay cash for everything. If I need to borrow money for something, it gets paid off at an accelerated pace because I have no other debt. I now have more personal freedom than I've ever had in my entire adult life. And I joke with people now and say that I no longer take two week vacations. I take two months. And that is not too far from the truth. So do yourself a favor, get out of debt and stay out of debt it will be one of the best things you've ever done for yourself. Now, this may seem like a strange thing to say, but before you consider being a homesteader, the first thing you actually need to do is to get a healthy dose of reality. Because one of the best qualities found in modern homesteaders is that they are simply realistic, practical, 
hardworking, very creative and ingenious. And in fact, when maintaining a homestead, creativity and ingenuity are actually going to be your best friends. What many of you may not realize is back in the 60s and 70s, there was an enormous back to the land movement. And admittedly, I was actually way too young at the time to realize that this huge culture movement was going on, much less having an appreciation of what it actually meant. But most of what I know about it, I've learned from firsthand accounts and from reading. And if you're interested in a little further reading about this, I would definitely recommend a book that is called Back from the Land by Eleanor Agnew where she gives a great first-hand account of this enormous cultural movement. But at that particular time in our culture, many folks had this idea that they wanted to move back to the land and exist solely off of what they could produce themselves. But for many of them, the realities of homesteading eventually crumbled that idealism, and many of those folks began to realize that not everything could be created on the homestead and at least to some degree, they had to rely on the outside world. And those that were great at creating things on the homestead, they could only create so many products and services to make themselves financially sustainable. So people also realized that in a rural environment, in order to make things financially affordable, they often had to take low paying jobs that were perhaps physically demanding and by working outside the homestead, they lost the time that was needed to make improvements, to plant a garden, and engage in other activities that were required to be self-sufficient. And soon, it became a struggle between time and money. And consequently, many of the back-to-the-landers returned to their former jobs and careers after realizing the consequences of making such a move with little or no planning and even fewer skills. So, first and foremost, reality check first. Because the pioneer days are actually over and we need cold hard cash to pay for health insurance, purchase supplies, pay for automobile repairs, property taxes, travel expenses, purchase and build a house, and the list goes on. We can no longer live in the middle of the wilderness, making every single thing from scratch and exist in our own little bubble. So as long as you realize that and you are willing to be flexible and creative, then you are one step closer to having a homestead. Because a marriage between old country skills and modern technology will in fact make your life a whole lot easier. And hopefully, this down-to-earth reality check will make you realize that one of the best things you can do as a homesteader is to keep a day job. Because it'll help you with a positive cash flow and help you with unexpected expenses. Because you know, despite the fact that my grandparents lived on an original homestead property, for many years my grandfather worked with a steel manufacturing company and worked the farm. My grandmother was at home full time and took care of all the day-to-day -day chores. 
And likewise, when I purchased my property in Colorado and was building the homestead initially, I continued to work full-time, and this is what enabled me to eventually pay off all of my debt and now be in a position to pay cash for any sort of improvements. Now, over time, I started getting a little bit more creative. I have been able to spend a lot more time at home and a lot less time commuting, and even though I am still working as a veterinarian, I am down to doing that part-time and if some unexpected expense comes up, it is relatively easy for me to find the extra work and raise the money to pay for it. And this brings me to my next suggestion. If there is any one positive thing that the pandemic did for all of us, is that there is now an enormous market for work-at-home jobs. Modern technology simply makes internet connectivity available even if you live in the middle of nowhere. And the thing about working a job that's outside the home is that you're away from the home a lot. And not only that, by having to drive to another location to work, you're wasting time, you're taking up more of your personal time, you have commuting expenses, additional food expenses, wear and tear on your vehicle, wear clothes to purchase. The expenses kind of start to add up after a while and working from home obviously eliminates all of that. And this is slowly what I am actually transitioning into is working more from home. But by doing so, you have far more flexibility. You can simply take breaks when you want, do your homestead chores when you choose, and you don't have to deal with the workplace politics. Not to mention, you can take time off when you want. And while you're busy working at home, another very smart thing you can do is to develop multiple sources of income. In fact, most people that I have met that live in small communities and are financially successful actually have several different things that they do to make money. And this is actually an approach that I've successfully used over the last 22 years. Because I have literally not had a full-time job in 22 years and I do very very well financially but that being said if you're spending a lot of time on the homestead there are multiple things that you can do to make money and in fact I have a very nice blog post that I will link to that lists multiple ways to make money on the homestead in the end here with this episode I'm simply trying to set the stage for you to develop an appropriate mindset for having a homestead. But what I want you to do first is to just take a few minutes, stand back and think about all of this very carefully because this is not magic. It's, it's not brain surgery. It's not rocket science. By doing a few very simple things, you could be financially independent you can manage a good deal of your own resources, produce a tremendous amount of personal security, and by far have more free time than you can ever imagine. But first of all, you have to realize that a modern homestead is just a marriage between old country skills and modern technology. You don't have to actually move to a farm to be a successful homesteader. 
then you have to accept the fact that society and our culture in general is headed in the wrong direction. There is no better time than now to learn the skills needed to take care of yourself. And by having a homestead, things don't get more local than your own backyard. And this enables you to avoid a great deal of the negative impact that globalization has on our daily lives. And once you have that proper mindset, you first need to stop acquiring debt. Once you manage that, pay off everything and get yourself completely out of debt. This will make your life, your homestead life, tremendously easier to manage. Because most homesteaders are not really pioneers, most people continue to work a day job of some sort in order to manage the expenses of everyday life. And that said, work on figuring out ways to work at home and work online and just get creative and have multiple sources of income. Now, I do realize that in this first episode that I did not really cover the basics of actually working a homestead, and that is because you have to do your homework first. You must lay a proper foundation in order to be successful. So, for example, if you are already drowning in debt, now you're going to have to manage all of the responsibilities of a working homestead while you're still drowning in debt. So it's far better to properly manage your debt first because it is going to make your life a whole lot easier. And as you have most likely heard me say before, as long as someone else is in control of your resources, someone else is in control of your life. And having a homestead and managing many of your own resources helps you to avoid that whole scenario. And all it takes is a little forethought and planning, and you will be on your way. So now that I have sort of set the stage and primed your thinking, in the next episode I'm going to give you some very specific steps you need to take to start your homestead and start down the road of sustainability. So I hope you will join me next week for another exciting episode of the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. So until then, this is your host, Patrick, signing off. Always remember to live sustainably because this is how we build a better future.